MSW Media. This episode is sponsored by Green Pan, healthy ceramic nonstick cookware. Green Pan is the go-to brand for high-quality, non-toxic, easy-to-clean pots and pans. Head to greenpan.us and use promo code DAILYBEANS and you'll receive 30% off your entire order, plus free shipping on orders over Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Tuesday, August 15th, 2023. Today, as of this recording, we are waiting on pins and needles to hear about an indictment from the Fulton County Courthouse for Donald Trump. Hunter Biden's lawyers say the Department of Justice reneged on their plea agreement. A Nebraska judge allows abortion limits and restrictions on gender-affirming surgery. Judge Merchan in the Manhattan DA case has denied to recuse himself. As of today, there are three military services without leadership for the first time in history. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hey, Dana. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to you, A.G. I know we were waiting patiently for more (laughs) indictments to drop. It may happen while we're recording. We don't know. It might. And thanks to the beauty of time travel and something called pre-recording, as you're listening to this, you might have indictments all over the place, like so many that you don't even know what to do with. But right now, we're still waiting for that uh, decision to come back. And I will go over a little bit about where we are in the process when we get to the hot notes. And also, I think I mentioned in the headlines there, Judge Marchand, who's presiding over the Manhattan DA criminal indictments of Donald Trump for the hush money stuff, right? The mm-hmm. McDougal and the door guy and the and Stormy Daniels. Well, he denied Trump's motion for him to recuse from the case. Trump's request was made after it was revealed that the judge had Marchand had made donations, plural, totaling $35 to Democratic causes. 35 What? How I dare know. you? I know. Which is funny because that's actually way less than Donald Trump has actually donated to Democratic causes. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Somebody should bring that up in court. <laughs> how much did you give to Democrats over the, your lifetime? Me, 35 You, how much? What do you, what do you got? Uh, yeah, what's that? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And also, um, I mean, you know, not to mention two billion dollar donations to Jared Kushner's hedge fund, but whatevs. Yeah. Uh, No big deal. You know, no one cares about that. It's all about, you know, Hunter Biden didn't pay a hundred grand in taxes over five years or something. And that's what's important. Jamie Raskin cares. What we should be focused on. (laughs) Dude, he's so great. I love that he wears that scarf that he got from Stephen Van Zandt. You know, all those scarves that they, you know, that uh, he gave him. I just, he's just the coolest guy. He really is a good man. I'm, I'm glad. I'm hoping he's healthy. Hoping he's healthy and happy. Yep. So far, he says, and uh, he's not going to run for Senate. He thinks he can do more for the American people uh, remaining in the House. So we'll see. And uh, all the stuff that he's about to come out with, with the emoluments and foreign donations reports about Donald Trump's family, kind of like a little response to what's going on with uh, the House Republicans trying to look into Biden and not finding anything. No, nothing connecting. No, no bribery, no nothing. Even their star witness, who was also a, a criminally indicted person, uh, was like, yeah, no, there was no business. Uh, Nothing to do with any of that. Sorry, no bribes. And we talk about all of that on Clean Up on L45. 
We have a lot of news to get to. Uh, today is a big news day. So let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. Interesting set of developments down in Fulton County today as we await the fourth indictment of the twice impeached former president. First, the day began with Trump clearly violating witness intimidation laws. He put out on Truth Social, I'm reading reports that failed former governor, lieutenant governor of Georgia, Jeff Duncan, will be testifying before the Fulton County Grand Jury. He shouldn't. He actually said that. I don't know of a clearer example of trying to intimidate a witness not to testify besides going on your social media platform that you own and saying that you shouldn't testify. I don't think that there's a... It's so infuriating that he's getting away with this shit. And I know a lot of the listeners feel the same way. Anyone else would be be held right now in, in prison for until their, their cases. This is well, insane. he might not be. He might not be because we still don't have an indictment down here. And I, she may bring this charge and it will definitely come up at arraignment. Oh, that's fair. I, that's true. It's This is a different case. He hasn't been indicted in yet. Right. And we'll talk about. But he also went off on Judge Chutkin earlier today as well. And that's also a problem. But this is important because, you know, first of all, it's a felony to intimidate witnesses in Georgia. And the statute is like designed just for exactly this statement that he made. Additionally, Dana, witness intimidation is a predicate crime for Georgia racketeering charges. Which they're going after him for. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And you could just slide that right under there with, with what he did this morning. And some folks on the ground are rumoring that the reason that she wanted to get this done today instead of bringing people in tomorrow also was because of the immediacy of what he tweeted, but we don't know that that's for sure. That's just kind of the feeling on the ground. Those are the vibes, right? Others, the other predicate crimes, which by the way, don't have to be completed. They just have to be attempted to be able to charge racketeering in Georgia, include um, forgery, computer trespass, you know, and we know forgery happened with the fraudulent elector scheme certificates. And we know computer trespass happened with the Coffee County voter data burglary that was planned in the Oval Office on December 18th, among other times. There's more uh, connecting Donald Trump to that specific scheme. But besides that, Dana, with regard to being granted bail or for him to face some consequences for what he said this morning on True Social about Jeff Duncan, the onus is on the defendant in Georgia to prove that they are not a risk for witness intimidation or obstructing justice. He's not doing a very good job so far. Right. And and like I said, some some people think the reason the DA brought everyone in today instead of allowing a couple of people to come in tomorrow, they were originally scheduled to come in tomorrow, like George Cheedy, the journalist who stumbled into the room when the Republicans were uh, filling out their fraudulent elector certificate. And they were like, well, he's got a phone, get him out of here. And he's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, educating meeting. What are you doing? You know, they were just, they totally were trying to keep it a secret. And then somebody else that was supposed to come in tomorrow was the Lieutenant governor, former Lieutenant governor, Jeff Duncan, but they were both called in early to testify today, Monday. And now as of 5 PM Eastern, the court doors were still open. Usually they close at five o'clock. But the court doors were still open. Judge McBurney is on standby to preside over potential returns of indictments. In Georgia, they don't file indictments under seal. They get the bill, the true bill or the no bill. And then they walk it over to the presiding judge who announces it. And that's it. That's what we're all waiting for right now. And again, as of the 5 p.m. hour, they were on witness number five of 10 
with Cheedy and Duncan waiting outside the room to testify. Wow. Now, just recently, Duncan came out and Cheedy was going in. So they have at least two more to go. Uh, it's about 7.15 p.m. there. And earlier in the day, the court accidentally docketed a document showing multiple felony charges for Donald Trump, including racketeering, which carries a five-year minimum mandatory sentence. And in Georgia, you aren't even eligible to apply for a pardon until five years have been served. And even then, it's up to a pardon board, not the governor. That's beautiful. Uh-huh. And the latest, again, as I said, of this recording, as of this recording from Anna Bauer, who's on the ground in Fulton County. If you're not following Anna Bauer, uh, you should on social media. She says, vibe check. The grand jury's still hearing testimony. The journalists are still starving. The court deputy swapped his suit for gym shorts. Judge McBurney poked his head out into the room to ask us how we're all doing and said, hang in there. I'm doing the same. <laughs> so that's what's Love going it. on. Pete Strzok and I will go over all the indictments in detail on tomorrow's Clean Up on Isle 45 pod. And going forward, that podcast will be your go-to for Fulton County News, though we will hit the headlines here on The Bean so you can stay abreast of what's happening. All right, A.G., thank you so much. This is from ABC News. It seems a Nebraska judge on Friday rejected an effort to block a ban on abortions after 12 weeks of pregnancy and restrictions on gender-affirming surgery. Lancaster County District Court Judge Lori Moret, she sided with the state and allowed a law approved by the Nebraska legislature earlier this year to remain in effect. The law outlines abortion after 12 weeks of pregnancy with exceptions for rape, incest, and to save the life of the mother. As of October 1st, it also will prevent people under 19 from receiving gender-affirming surgery and restricts the use of hormone treatments and puberty blockers for minors. This is insane. If you follow the science, and I'm talking about all the reputable boards, when transgender people go through puberty, it causes more problems. So if they have to wait till 19 to get any of the gender-affirming care that they need, this is a whole world of trouble. It's, it's, it's awful. Planned Parenthood, by the way, of the heartland had filed a lawsuit arguing legislators violated a constitutional requirement that bills not contain more than one subject. So this one's a double hitter on them. Lawmakers added the abortion ban to an existing bill dealing with gender-related care. Now, the attorney general contended the issues didn't violate the law because they were both health-related. And this is a quote. I am grateful for the court's thorough decision. This is from Governor Jim Pillen, uh, who's also a, a fine upstanding fella. I hope oh, you can mm. hear the sarcasm in my voice. He said in a statement and went on to say, I was proud to sign into law a measure that protects kids and defends the unborn. And I am pleased that it has been upheld. Now, Minnie Rush Chipman, she is the executive director of the American Civil Liberties Union of Nebraska, which helped represent Planned Parenthood, by the way, said that they would absolutely appeal the decision. Not to say state senators combined unrelated restrictions into a single bill in their rush to take away Nebraskans' rights. This is from Rush Chipman. And she said this in a statement, went on to say that tactic violated the text of the Nebraska Constitution which plainly says that, and I quote, no bill shall contain more than one subject. As a result, Nebraskans are being seriously harmed. Now, Ruth Richardson, who is the CEO of Planned Parenthood North Central States, called the decision a devastating blow to Nebraskans, fundamental right to make what should be private decisions between them and their doctors. Richardson said the organization would continue to provide abortions before 12 weeks of pregnancy. Legislators added the abortions restrictions to a transgender-related bill, by the way, as an amendment after a separate bill to ban abortions at about six weeks failed to overcome a filibuster. So they're trying to weasel this in any way they fucking can. 
Oh. It's gross. All over the country. All over the country. Uh, and it'll be overturned. It's unconstitutional, even yep. for Nebraska's constitution. Um, but meanwhile, it you know, that again, that's not the point. The cruelty is the point. The point is to chill. But, you know, people from taking advantage of their rights as citizens of the United States and to be mm-hmm. afraid uh, and just to put the fear into them. That's what this is about and what it's always been about. All right. Next up from Tom Winter at NBC. Hunter Biden's attorneys said in a court filing late Sunday, federal prosecutors had reneged on their plea agreement in the probe of Biden's business dealings. The filing comes after Attorney General Merrick Garland on Friday appointed Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weiss as special counsel to continue his investigation into the president's son. Weiss, who was already overseeing the investigation, was announced as special counsel on Friday after he requested the title earlier in the week. Weiss's office told the court they would likely move forward with charges in California or Washington, D.C., where they had venue for the federal tax charges. Hunter Biden was expected to plead guilty to two federal misdemeanor counts of failing to pay his taxes, which he then paid after reaching a plea agreement with Weiss. But the deal collapsed over confusion, I guess, about a separate felony gun possession charge. And Biden instead pled not guilty. And that's not entirely true. There was also a problem with the fact that the DOJ wanted to charge him for other stuff that they've been investigating over the past five years. And that wasn't spoken about in the plea agreement. And the judge brought that to light and said, hey, if this isn't in there, if this doesn't preclude you from being charged on other crimes, are you cool with that? And the you know Biden's attorney was like, hell no. No. Now, at a court hearing last month, Judge Marilyn Norica said that she wouldn't accept or reject the plea agreement until both sides had addressed her concerns over its terms. In the filing late Sunday, Biden's lawyer said that while they were still prepared to respond to the questions your honor posed at the July 26th hearing in light of the United States decision on Friday to renege on the previously agreed upon plea agreement, we agree that those issues are moot at this point. They also said prosecutors, quote, proposed and largely dictated the form and content of the plea agreement and a separate, quote, pretrial diversion agreement dealing with the federal charge over Biden's illegal ownership of a Colt Cobra 38 special. That's a handgun. Biden had conceivably reached a pretrial agreement about the issue that would delay the charges for two years, assuming he did not violate certain terms, uh, which included being added to the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, no use of controlled substances or alcohol, and no violations of local, state, or federal laws. And if he violated the terms of that agreement, he could be charged with that gun felony. Biden's lawyers argued that the gun-related agreement was already in effect because it is a contract between Biden and prosecutors that both sides sign and usually does not need a judge's approval. The Sunday filing from Biden's lawyers came after Norica ordered them to respond to the federal prosecutor's notice to the court that they wished to dismiss the charges filed against Biden because they were prepared to go to trial. Norica ordered prosecutors to respond to Biden's lawyer's Sunday filing by today, Tuesday. Now, earlier Sunday, Abby Lowell, an attorney for Hunter Biden, accused prosecutors in an interview on CBS's Face the Nation Sunday of changing their decision on the fly, referring to the derailment of the plea deal. Quote, one, they wrote something and weren't clear what they meant. Two, they knew what they meant and misstated it to counsel. Or three, they changed their view as they were standing in court in Delaware. Lowell also said he's confident that no new evidence or criminal charges would emerge. He said, I'm confident that if uh, this prosecutor does what he's done before and for the last five years, which is look at the facts, the evidence and the law, then the only conclusion can be the conclusion that he reached on July 26th. There's no new evidence to be found. 
So I'm I'm glad Hunter Biden didn't take that shitty plea deal and is forcing them now to bring two misdemeanor tax charges in Los Angeles. Like, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> good Have luck fun. with that. And so it's going to be interesting. One one thing that I want to bring up before we go to the next story, Dana, is that during an interview uh, today, Barb McQuaid had brought up a SCOTUS case called Santa Bello that says once a promise is made in a plea deal by a prosecutor, it's enforceable. That's a Supreme Court decision. So the signing and the approval and all that stuff, particularly about the gun charge, which were separate from the tax charges, doesn't matter. And that's why Abby Lowell, Hunter Biden's lawyer, said that gun thing, that's in effect as far as we're concerned. Great. Great. All right. Last in this story, this is from CNN. And I just, it, this blows my mind that one schmuck is actually holding all this up. Another U.S. military service chief has relinquished command without a Senate-confirmed replacement in place, mark, uh, marking the first time in the Defense Department's history that three services are operating without a confirmed senior military officer in place. Chief of Naval Operations Admiral Mike Gilday, he relinquished command on Monday. His nominated replacement, who's Admiral Lisa Franchetti, she's one of more than 300 military officers whose promotions are being stalled by Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville in protest of Pentagon reproductive health policies. This is such bullshit. I mean, I don't understand how Republicans don't see this as weakening the military, that we don't, I, I just don't, I just don't see it. Now, uh, Franchetti will serve as the acting chief of naval operations in the absence of her Senate confirmation. Gilday's relinquishment follows the retirement and relinquishment of command by former Army Chief of Staff General James McConville on August 4th and former Marine Corps Commandant David Berger last month. And this is a quote from the story. Because of this blanket hold, starting today, for the first time in the history of the Department of Defense, three of our military services are operating without Senate-confirmed leaders. That's from Lloyd Austin. He is the defense secretary, as we know. He said Monday at Gilday's relinquishment ceremony, went on to say this is unprecedented, it's unnecessary, and it is unsafe. Navy Secretary Carlos Del Toro echoed Austin's sentiments, saying it is well past time for the Senate to address the outstanding nominations. Not doing so will continue to degrade our readiness and will even put the very lives, yes, the very lives of our servicemen and women, your young men and women, at risk by not allowing our most experienced warfighters to lead. Again, that was Del Toro. He went on to say, the American people deserve to have their best military leaders in place. And in our Department of the Navy, that includes a confirmed chief of naval operations and commandant of the Marine Corps, end quote. Now, Stephen Stafford, who's Tuberville's spokesman, said Monday that Austin's comments that the hold is unprecedented, unnecessary, and unsafe are wrong. This is what he said. The only thing unprecedented about Coach's hold is the length of time that it has gone on, Stafford said, pointing to threats to hold nominations from Democratic senators like Tammy Duckworth of Illinois and Michael Bennett of Colorado. And this is another quote. They got what they wanted and quickly. This is from Stafford. He said that of Duckworth and Bennett. Now, Franchetti, who has been serving as the vice chief of naval operations, would be the first woman in the CNO seat and the first woman on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. She's previously served as the commander of the U.S. Naval Forces Korea, deputy chief of naval operations for warfighting development, director for strategy plans and policy for the joint staff, and commander to carrier strike groups. She's a badass. Wow. That's all you can say about that. Wow. Now, by the end of this year, there will be more than 600, 600 military officers up for nomination. And thus far, there's no end in sight to Tuberville's bullshit hold. And McConnell's not doing jack shit about it. That hold includes the nominee of chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Air Force General C.Q. Brown, 
who is expected to take over for the Army General Mark Milley. So this is a big thing there. And this is the last quote from the story. Our troops deserve better, Austin said Monday. Our military families deserve better. Our allies and partners deserve better. And our national security deserves better. Mm. Yeah. This must infuriate you as a veteran. It's horrible. And here, here's what I feel like is happening. They're going to do so much damage to national security and the military and troops will die. And they'll turn around and say it's because we have a woke military. It's because we have diversity training or yeah. mm-hmm. because we allow transgender people to serve or LGBTQ plus people to serve or because, you know, people have rights to abortion access. Yeah. Whatever it is, they'll they'll be like, look, all these soldiers died. Like there'll be some big accident because we lack leadership and they'll blame it on the quote unquote woke military. And they won't care about those gold star families. They won't care about the people who lose their lives. Absolutely not. And they don't care about our national security. It's disgusting. Uh, that's their, that's what they do. They get elected to get into government, destroy government, and then point at it and say, look how terrible government is. We need to get rid of government. That's what they've always done. It's been their MO since the beginning. And that is obviously what they're doing here. So it is infuriating, um, extremely infuriating. But uh, we do have a little bit of help coming our way in the form of good news. Yes, <laughs> which is, please. Which we, we will do right after this quick break. So if you have good news, please, please send it in dailybeanspod.com, click on contact, and we will read it on the air. And uh, we look forward to doing that right after this. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. If you've ever struggled with food sticking to your pots and pans, you know my pain. It was never ending. It was a never ending battle until Green Pan changed everything. Now, Green Pan ceramic cookware, it's absolutely phenomenal. It distributes heat perfectly. It looks amazing. Cleanup is easy. I make the perfect grilled cheese. I can use less oil so my meals are healthier. This is the best pan I've ever owned. My Green Pan cookware, it's a piece of art. It's got vibrant colors, flawless design. And I love knowing it is free of harmful toxins, unlike other cookware. Uh, It's beauty and performance have made cooking a real joy. I recommend it to all my friends who share my passion for healthy and stylish living, a blend of beauty, functionality, and peace of mind. And I'm not a big person in the kitchen. Like, I don't do that very often, but this makes it so much better and so much easier and so much more fun. And if you think Green Pan only offers cookware, think again. From slow cookers to bakeware, top-tier cutlery, they've got your entire kitchen covered. I was won over from the first day of owning mine, But if you need more time, they have a 60-day warranty to make sure it's the right cookware for you. So toss those plastic pans and upgrade your cookware with Green Pan. Head to greenpan.us and use promo code DAILYBEANS, and you'll receive 30% off your entire order, plus free shipping on orders over $99. That's right. Whether you buy one pan or a whole set, that is 30% off. So head to greenpan.us. Make sure you use our promo code DAILYBEANS to let them know we sent you. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Everyone? Then good news, everyone. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play What the Mutt or a shout out to somebody that you love or a shout out to yourself. I love those. Tell me what you are doing in your life that you are proud of. Those or make you, you so happy. I, I know. I know. They warm the little cockles, little cockles in the heart. 
If you have a shout out to a small business in your area or your business, anything you want to send us at all, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Dana, update. Judge McBurney down in Fulton County has just been told to hang out for another hour. So Ooh, boy. it's going to be a while. Um, but we are on standby. Pete Strzok and I are on standby to record this week's episode of Clean Up on All 45 as soon as we hear something. So stand by for that. All right, first up from Valerie, pronoun she and her. Double-headed, A-G and D-G. I was crying laughing at last week's good news with the litter removal story with the kids. Uh, that is the uh, charismatic megaplastics we played a best of. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. I was, of course, at work, and I'm sure all my coworkers thought I had lost it. Hearing you both get so tickled gave me a serious case of the giggles, which was much needed. Attached pod pet tax is chewy. Although he's no longer with me, he lived to be 19 years, 11 months old. Wow. And 100% purebred good boy. Thanks both for all you do. Much love. Look at the baby. Chewy sweet face. Oh, is that like a little doxy? Looks like a doxy to me. Oh, thank you, Valerie. And thank you uh, for that. And yes, whenever you're down, just pop in Charismatic Megaplastics, January 5th, 2021. Yeah. We got to listen. It's so, so good. All right. This is from Panda Chronicles. Pronoun she and her. I can't believe we have finally reached the find out times for TFG. (laughs) Yep. In the spirit of bringing some good to light to counteract the darkness, he has his minions are spewing. I'd like to shout out a local business and a wonderful animal sanctuary since I have no pod pet tax available at the moment. My friend Lori at Ritual Mischief Herbal Studio makes lovely soaps and shampoo bars. Mm. No plastic packaging. But she is also an experienced herbalist, making wonderful soothing potions and lotions from plants found here in the Pacific Northwest. She's a witch. Lori is a witch. And I I love it. With Lori. (laughs) I can't swear her sore muscle rub is what turned the corner on some pesky pain I've been having, but it very well might have been. Her website address is www.ritualmischief.com, which is a great name, by the way. I I love it. For my pet tags and generally really great person shout out, I give you Melanie Sue Bowles, who with her husband, Jim, created Proud Spirit Horse Sanctuary in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. They rescue and give shelter to horses and dogs and cats who have not had a good life, and they let them live out their days with care and dignity and health. She is also a wonderful writer and has written several books about Proud Spirit, along with a delightful middle-grade book called Liberty Biscuit. If there's anyone who's doing divine work, it is Melanie, Sue, and Jim. You can read about them at Horses of proudspirit.org horsesofproudspirit.org you can have fun time playing what the heck wine with her horses and me i'm uh panda pandaing along very cute uh, your comment the other week on aisle 45 inspired the tune i share in the photos oh pandas indictment week is finally here to help us make sense of the many many indictments and superseding indictments we've brought out the indictment wheel Let's not forget the civil cases pending against mittens. <laughs> right you are, Bob. <laughs> That's the That's beauty hysterical. of the indictment wheel. It has overlapping charts with indictments, superseding indictments, civil suits, and failed suits by mittens to derail any proceedings against him. Look at that. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh, that's so cute. Go for it, Bob. Oh, my God. Very cute. I like mittens. Thank you for that. Thank you for that submission. And I will definitely going to check out ritualmischief.com and horsesofproudspirit.org. I love that. I've caught, I always want, like, that was always a dream of mine, right? Just have like a horse ranch, retire some horses, take care of like 
adopt all the old pets that, that you know have been abandoned or nobody wants so they can like live out the rest of their awesome that lives. sounds amazing it just sounds so relaxing and fantastic so excellent work there jesse pronoun she and her in april my husband's parents moved in with us At the same time i realized that in order to manage a house with four adults three kids two dogs and a cat i needed space daily to gather myself and have the space to think so i began walking my and my in-laws dogs every evening I am desperately out of shape and began with very short distances, just a block total. Just prior to that, I'd found the Daily Beans, followed by Jack, and then clean up on aisle 45. Now I'm walking close to two miles every evening. Nice. And the MSW podcast keep me company with Beans leading the list while I walk the MAGA-infected neighborhoods in my small Ohio village. I currently attend a church that I find morally repugnant in order to allow my aging in-laws to be able to practice their faith. I received a group text from the Sunday school class reminding us to vote yes on issue one. Their claim was that it isn't political. It's a moral issue with a claim that just four Ohio counties would be asked to vote on a constitutional amendment and change it for the whole state. Oh, please. As dishonest and convoluted as that reasoning is, it did serve as a reminder to set an alarm to vote and drag my reluctant husband with me. Nice. Thankfully, enough of us did the same. It was political. It was moral. It was so very important. Attach for tax. Find pictures of my girl, Maylee, patiently waiting for me while I put on my earbuds before heading out. A picture of our cat, Pumpkin, who waltzed into our house last October. Great name. It's like he owns the place. He was teeny, barely weaned, and full of fleas, worms, and attitude. I would be too if I had fleas and worms. <laughs> and a picture of my kiddos and both dogs, the little one being my in-law's pup, on a rare night that they joined me on my walk. Thanks for all you do and providing a place of sanity in the midst of sad of the madness surrounding us. You've been a part of a very positive change in my journey toward mental and physical health, and I appreciate you both more than you could know. Oh, thank you so much. There's the walk. No, so sweet. These pictures are lovely. Oh, what a lovely love. Oh, my goodness. Indeed. Especially that kitten with oh. just, just All right, just on the wind- <laughs> face on the window seal, <laughs> getting the sunshine on the head. So good. So, so good. All right. This one's from Anonymous. No pronouns given here. Hi, Beans Queens. I have an adoptable pet that I'd love to get featured. Her name is Pretty Princess Penguin. She's a five-year-old beautiful black cat with an adorable white bib on her chest. She's been waiting almost three years to be adopted from Ohio Alley Cat Resource in Cincinnati, Ohio. And the website is just that, ohioalleycat.org. She's an excellent coworker or fellow couch potato and loves soft pets. Penguin is so deserving of a home and will make an excellent companion for someone who only wants one cat in their life. Oh. Penguin needs to be a solo cat. I think, and I'm not speaking out of turn, I think black cats in general have a harder time being adopted, right? Pretty Princess Penguin. Yeah, they do because, you know, the whole black cat is unlucky. Which is so ridiculous, yes. but yeah. Beautiful baby. Thanks for that. Okay, ohioalleycat.org. If you are into adopting as your only cat, the only cat in the house, pretty princess penguin. Thank you, Anonymous, for that. And from Atheist Eagle Scout, pronouns he and him, A-G-D-G. I hope this missive finds you well. If you think it odd to have good news submitted about Christian music by an atheist, well, here it is. I was listening to one of my podcasts, shout out to the friendly atheist, Hamat Mehta. Oh, he's been on the show before. And he pointed out that a Christian singer was on the number one singer of iTunes for Christian music. Uh, I mean, someone has to be number one. But in this particular case, number one singer on iTunes for Christian music, and I think the Leguminati might appreciate the shout out. You see, the singer is a drag queen who goes by the moniker Flamey Grant. 
And we have a, a link here in the show <laughs> notes. Meet Flamey Grant, the drag queen carving out her own lane in Christian music. I haven't listened to the song myself as it's not really my cup of tea. I'm more of a metal hard rock person. But given all the vitriol from the Christian nationalists toward the LGBTQ plus community, this is an interesting change of events. Congratulations to Flamey Grant. And here's to everyone who is his, her, their true self. For pod tech, see my doggos, Buster and Bear. I'll get a DNA test eventually, but the tricolor is Buster and the black and tan is Bear. And there is a beautiful picture of Flamey Grant, who I know. And I'm so glad that you brought this out because I was so, so taken aback with wonder and amazement that Flamey Grant, drag queen, had the number one Christian song in the nation. Right? So good. And look at the puppers. Oh, we easily got like a little dachshund chihuahua mix and there's like a beagle. I mean, these I are love it. basset hound type of dog. Oh my He's God. That's, I, you know you know how fucking cute that puppy must have been, the one on the left? They were probably both adorable, but mm-hmm. specifically that one on the left. Uh-huh. I can see the little face, right? The oh, puppy baby face. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. So good. All right. So everybody check out the link in the show notes. You must listen to Flamey Grant. It's truly amazing. Uh, and thank you for everybody, for all of the... All the good news that you've sent in and adoptable pets in your area and shout outs. Uh, really, really appreciate it. Needed it today. So thank you for that. Dana, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here for the day? And we'll go no. watch Trump get indicted. I need to get some champagne. Yes, you do. That's why I have no final thoughts. Let's go. Let's get All out right, of here. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, everybody will be back in your ears tomorrow. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. And take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said... Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped 
of kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.